Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Erin from Busy Bees. Hi Erin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good, I'm good. I won't be drinking today, sadly. Yes, I, feel, I feel short-changed. I, I should have got my alcohol, but I haven't. I've got an orange pop. Yeah, I'm on too many drugs. I haven't tried drinking. So I, for everyone else, I've had my back. Um, so I'm on like diazepam sounds crazy um so I haven't tried drinking anything now obviously they say not to drink with medication but I haven't even tried it so I fear that maybe I'll go a little bit loopy so we'll save that one shall we because they do anyway. that after the after the uh, the chat well I've got three podcasts to do tonight so can you imagine if I started drinking by the end I just be like, <laughs> normal Friday night <laughs> yes, I know I know I'm supposed to be away this weekend so I'm a bit worried about whether or not I'll be able to drink but it is what it is. Anyway, Erin, what's your business called and what do you do? So my business is called Busy Bee and I am a, v, a virtual and social media assistant. Uh, and I, I work with creative and craft businesses. Um, during COVID, a lot of people started up their businesses and to make things and they took off and they didn't realise everything that was uh, involved behind their business. Uh, and that's where I come along. I come and help them do their business admin and their social media presence so they can get on being creative and doing why they, the things that they originally started to do for the business in the first place. What made you get into that? Because that's, I mean, I know there are lots of social media managers around now. And so specifically, what made you get into that industry at all? But why the creative people? So I really like being creative and I really like uh, my secret hobby um, and passion is crafting. So I crochet blankets and that started from my health. So uh, I was originally in education and I had a slip disc in my back and had an operation. And I decided to make a change in my life for the better. I didn't want to be bending over tables, marking books anymore. So I... Uh, I started a dog boarding business, which was my first business. But unfortunately, my back continued to deteriorate. And after two more operations, I was told by the consultant, there's no way that I could keep up walking six dogs. So uh, I was at this point where I just had a third operation uh, that had, had complications. And I'd just been um, classified as disabled with drop foot, which means that I can't, uh, I can't do a physical job I couldn't work for anybody else because uh, with wearing my brace and everything not being able to carry things not being able to bend over there's just not you know no employer is going to employ me you know if one day like you I'm on diazepam because the back pain's too much so uh, I sat there at 45 and I thought well this is not what I want to do I can't just sit here and watch Jeremy Kyle when he was still on uh, and uh, Richard, and Judy, not Richard and Judy anymore uh, though I do like Phil and Holly uh, and I just sat there and just thought this is not what I want this is not what I want to be but what am I good at so um, I sat and I thought well I grew up in the age of computers and social media and my husband who I've been with for 28 years is a computer programmer our children my whole house is a tech fest we always have tech. We've grown up with tech as, as new projects came out and software came out. I've been quite at the forefront of trying all this stuff. So I thought, well, that's passion. I love that. 
um, and I was watching on Instagram all these craft businesses and creative businesses and listening to people say that they were pivoting because this is just as the COVID lockdown started. And I thought, well, the craft for me is a hobby. I, I, I don't sell it. I give it away. I make it. I give it away. But then I thought, but I could help them. I could help these women that have started these businesses that have had a complete change of career, uh, that are midlife, that are um, getting into this realm, but they do not know how social media and they do not know how computers work or what kind of thing. They're so used to writing it all down in paper. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to help people that need to do that. And obviously, because we're all in lockdown, that's where the, the virtual assistant came about. So I started that when I had my first clients, they noticed my Instagram because my Instagram was more of a because I just started out as a VA. That's all I was going to be a VA for these women that uh, needed a bit of an extra push, take all this stressful bit away from them and let them create. And they started noticing my Instagram and how it's a bit bright and it's a bit going out there. And I managed to post probably between five and seven times a week with my posts. So then I have my reels on top and I've managed to fit all this in. And they quite liked the quirkiness of my busy bee theme. And so they started asking me, could I help them do their social media? So I did. And then I sort of decided I'd remain myself as a hybrid of a virtual and social media assistant. Why Busy Bee? Um, when I was thinking about names, I'm a, I, I, I understood the power of branding. So my last business, the one with the dogs, um, I was walking my dog one day and I thought, all right, I'm going to name it part of the pack. And then that became everything, paperwork everywhere. And everybody in my village knew who part of the pack was. So I'd learned it from that business. So I thought, okay, I need something that is going to get into people's minds. And I live about 30 minutes by train outside of Manchester. I live south of Manchester. But I went to, uh, I lived in Manchester when I went to university. Um, obviously, Manchester has the worker bee as its great big emblem. So I was sat there and I thought, well, I'm not far from Manchester. My life since the age of 18 has been in the Manchester or in the suburb of Manchester. Busy. Uh, the bee itself is a bright coloured yellow and black bee. So instead of doing the worker bee, I'll, I'll diverge to the sort of like the bumblebee kind of thing that I've got. And I liked the way that I think it's a, no, I'm not, I'm not really good at my, my words. It's a word that set, that sounds like it is there's a special name for that kind of word I can't remember what it is so yeah. I changed it from busy to busy because it sounds like the sound that the bee makes so that when people say it it obviously makes them think of a bee and then I just absorbed myself in everything that was bee so bee dungarees I've got my um my bee uh, affirmation cards that I make myself I just do everything that's be like to the point that you were saying earlier today that I get now tagged in people's stories when they see bees at garden centres or in Lakeland or in Max Spencer's got a brilliant range of bees going on at the moment um, so yeah so people have often said in Clubhouse that when they think of bee they think of me 
So, oh, there you go. I'm a poet and didn't know it there. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I did the whole branding, but with a bit of a history behind it, with my my origins of when I first started being an adult, I suppose. We're adults now? Well, in theory and body, but maybe not so much in mind. Got you. Yeah. That's why definitely. I've got the red hair. I, would, I want to grow old disgracefully. Yes, is my plan in life and I'm I'm managing it thus far. Me too. Yeah. So what's the plan for the business? Is there a great aim to do anything new? Um, I didn't expect it to be as successful as quickly as I had been. And people often talk about scaling up and becoming an agency, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to... I'm a control freak. I don't want to give my clients to other people. I like to give my clients my attention and know that it's been done well. So instead of that, I'm veering off in this in the way of doing tutorials. So that my now that I can't take any more clients on because I'm full, um, people can come to me now and ask me to teach them something. So um, I've already done lessons so one person I taught how to in an hour taught them everything that I could in an hour about reels and then sent them away to go do that with another person I taught them all about Instagram shops so they tell me beforehand what they're hiring me for for an hour if I don't know it I'm always honest if they say oh tell me about Facebook ads it'll be no but I know a good person that can teach you all about it that's not my bag but if they want to say if they say oh how do you work how do you use Asana yeah, I can teach you that. What can you tell me about um, content strategies and pillars? Yeah, well, I can teach you what I know that works for me and you can go put it into your kind of place. But it's up to the person what they want me to teach them. So I'll leave it up to them because I like to, I didn't realise how much I missed by teaching. So doing the one-to-one tutorials and I can do them by Zoom, it allows me to help more people without having to take more on uh, and do it that way it also sometimes people can't afford to hire a VA and that's fine so I teach them how to do it themselves so that they're a bit more efficient at what they were doing because they might not have been aware well there's this program that you can use download it this is how you use it and it saves them a load of time so I do that instead so I think I'm probably going to continue doing that route I'd like to promote more of my one-to-ones really I'd like to teach more people and then you get to meet them face to face as well and I as you know yeah. I'm a bit of a talker I yeah like I, I I've done I, I rarely do them I've done a, a few of them but I love it that people come to me with whatever kind of uh business uh, property but commercial property problem that they have and just have an hour to kind of ask me anything and I kind of really enjoy that because it you know I, I feel like I'm really helping somebody who just doesn't have the funds to use my service fully but can just fly questions at me what about this what about this what about this for like That's that what hour I discovered when I did the reels course because I did a reels course that you could download and I enjoyed making it and creating it but then when people were buying it I'm not getting any feed you know I wasn't getting any feedback I wasn't seeing how they were doing or whether it was working for them. I mean, I contact them and everything. They were going, yeah, yeah, it's good. But it's still not one-to-one, which is why I've really enjoyed the one-to-ones because for an hour, you can veer off. You can ask me whatever you want. You can ask me, well, why do you do it that way? Oh, well, you know, well, you could do it this way. You know, whereas with the courses, it's like 
point, 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 point. But what happens if you get to point two and you remember something and you want to ask about it? Well, you can't with a course, you know, that a pre a pre-downloaded course, but you can in your one-to-one. You can go off and say, well, okay, well, let's put that aside and I'll show you how to get music. And then we'll come back and I'll show you how to do transitions uh, and, and things like that. But I did want to just keep it to reels as well. And with the courses, it's just like one subject because there's each subcategory within a subject. Whereas with the one to one, it's in they're in control. They can choose what they want to learn about in that hour. They could even have half an hour of a quick overview of what content pillars are, because so many people don't know what content pillars are. But then they could have a half an hour of moving over of what to do with reels. Uh, and just help learn the basics of how to do that. So I like to, you can you can mix it up a little bit, really. So that's that's cool. I like that. So yeah, I would like to keep on doing and promote more the one-to-one tutorials. I think. Have you considered doing a more kind of live taught course that kind of encompasses lots of different parts of Instagram and Reels and all of that? Do you mean like a webinar kind of thing? Yeah, more of a lots of people. More of a course that you've already done, you know, maybe for the reels, but actually having it live taught so that they can have those questions and answers at the same time. And then next week, come back and we'll do the next, you know, section so that they're they're building on it and having that feedback from you live. Um, no, I hadn't. I hadn't because I, I decided that I like the whole one to one thing. Whereas if you do, I mean, I am very I'm not against I am. Uh, I don't fit the mould of what other people have done in the fact that quite a lot of people have Facebook groups because Facebook groups are really good for your Facebook. Um, but I've had started this and then I had so much on. I just kept on saying to myself, I haven't got time to open up anything else. I've got my page and I'm, you know, I'm talking to people on Clubhouse quite a lot. So I didn't have time to make it. But I think, you know, that works well in a Facebook face group kind of scenario but no I hadn't I hadn't thought of that I like the one-to-one really so I think I'm going to go with the one-to-one tutorials if people take up on it um if I find that I'm inundated with the one-to-ones then maybe then I'll have to kick myself up the butt and say right okay let's do it where I can teach a one to thirty or what's that Lisa Johnson used to say one to many many yeah uh you know that might be an option but at the moment I quite like the the face-to-face one-to-one scenario where I get to chat to people it's quite a lonely working environment when you work from home and on your own and you run your own business and I haven't got other employees so it's I like that connection where I'm actually talking to people so I like clubhouse so much sometimes I just sit there listening and it's just so that I have it feels like I've got people in my office so it gives me that kind of you know you can all be talking near the water cooler as they say I'll get on with my work while I'm listening to you chatting away I like that connection. Otherwise, I don't. I won't get. I wouldn't get the connection. So yeah, I like. I prefer the idea of the one to ones for now. Yeah, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying I love it. But whenever I go into other people's rooms, they'll say, "Oh, Denise Tish, you know, let's ask her that question," and like drag me up onto stage. And then as soon as I kind of get in there, I'm like, oh, I wanted. To, I needed to get on with this work. <laughs> but, quite often, you 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 try to finish your chores like walking Sherlock. I know that's the thing about the bad back I've not been able to do any of that because I'm terrified that he's going to yank me and then that'll be it so I am being very first thing yeah because it's the first thing you shouldn't do I mean I've got two dogs and I absolutely love them but I now my husband 
won't let me walk them on my own because I can't bend over to pick up the poo. That's as simple as, I mean, I've even got a pooper scooper on a stick. So, you know, I was telling you about I've got those hand grabbers. I do yeah. have a pooper scooper that's one of those great big long sticks. Just, I bought it so I could just say to him, look, I have my pooper scooper. I'm going for a goddamn walk with the dogs on my own. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just more worried about the kind of yank and then it'll be like, ah. Yeah. Uh, it, well, like I said to you before um, we started going live, the consultant that was the first thing the consultant said to me you can't walk dogs because they do even small dogs my my younger dog is uh, a tibetan spaniel so he's quite well he's not small small it's like a medium-sized dog so i could yank him well not that i yank him back but you know i could hold the lead but if he sees a squirrel and he he went for it that would be it i would be pulled and yanked uh and that's just bad it is yeah. it is really bad for your back so you're doing the right thing, says Dr. Aaron or Dr. Busy B, whatever I'm going to go as today. Yeah, I mean, I am not a sensible person, but this I, I've had bad back since I was 14 and this is the worst I've ever, ever had. So it kind of. Do you know why makes... you had the bad back from 14? No. Did you have an injury at 14 or anything? I just start. No, just the start of sciatica. But I this is supposed to be sciatica. But for me, it's completely different. So who knows? But um it was just that whole foot down, shooting pain up the leg and just kind of did exercises, relieved it. It would go away, come back, go away. Acupuncture, osteopaths, all of that malarkey. But I've always been able to, I've been a runner since I was two. I've always been able to run. I've got bad knees. I've got bad um, feet at the minute. You know, so these are all things that probably set it all off, which is probably why I've got a bad back. But I've always been able to run. But this time, nothing. No. I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably a big sign of, you know, now it's time to sort it out. Yeah, that's what the doctor said. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not I'm not convinced surgery is on my path, but I will listen to what they have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I resisted. I resisted going for the surgery. But by the time I had the surgery, I was in a wheelchair. Oh, so fine. Yeah. So it was like, well, either I'm going to stay in this wheelchair and be off my head on morphine i mean the night before my first operation i was so drugged that seemingly and there's a picture of me lying on my bed and my sister-in-law and her three kids had come down to help my husband and they're all sat around the bed as we were watching the great british bake-off i have no memory of them even being in the room i don't remember that at all um yeah that's how high i was people would come to visit me and then i'd wake up and they would be gone because I'd have passed out while they were there so that was at the point it was like yeah I can't live like this I need to have this operation but it was quite obviously it was quite extreme before I, I gave in because you don't you don't want to to go down that line no no not at all and I never kind of anticipated that that was would happen but you know screw but it good, I was going to say the good side is though the soon as I had the operation the pain was gone instantly I'm a rare case, seemingly, that even my GP rang up after the third time, uh, rang me up, rang up to see how I was and then said, well, you know more about it than I do now because I've never heard of anyone having your operation a third time because the percentages are after the first one, it's very successful and people don't have it again. I'm just an unlucky woman. So, um, yeah. Well, I just put the lottery on rather than having back operations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I should have done. I should have bloody well put lottery tickets on. I'm better on a horse. That'd have been good. Wise choice. So if anyone does want to work with you doing the the one-to-ones, where can they find you? So if they go to my Instagram, that's where I am. I'm across all the platforms, but Instagram is where you'll get a quick response from me. And if they, they can do it two ways, they can either DM me on Facebook or Instagram and say, you know, can I have a one-to-one? Or if they go to my uh, bio, there's a link in there that says where you can find me. And then that gives you links to everywhere you can find me. And then just, we can arrange something. You can chat to me about what you want to learn about and We'll, uh, I can make up some resources, you know, as a next ex-teaching kind of thing. You were pretty quick at working those worksheets out of Canva pretty quickly. So uh, I can come up with something and we can talk through what you need to, to learn. Awesome. So we can't leave this talk without talking about your reels. So I am not a fan of reels. I don't like the pointing and the silly dancing or anything like that. You're going out tomorrow. <laughs> But your reels don't bother me at all, which I find baffling. You just seem to have got the good balance between fun and informative without it being cringy and unnecessary. So one, how did you do that? And two, like, you know, how how do you actually manage to do all of these? Uh, well, my kids are grown, so I, my kids don't need me anymore. And my husband and I obviously work during the day. Now, he is, a, I went to call him an amateur photographer, uh, and he told me off. He's a semi-professional. Uh, he does get paid for some of his work. So when I say that I want to do reels, all of a sudden the light will be brought down from the loft and he sets up my dining room. So there's that bit for me. He's only recently done that. But the feedback that I've had off people is that quite often on reels the people use a lot of filters to look uh well to make help them look more confident uh, which is each to their own everybody can can do that if they wish but i am what i am so i tend to sometimes i'll use filters but they're quite often funny filters rather than beauty filters but quite often i don't use anything and so i am an overweight 45 year old woman that likes to dance and have a laugh and likes to make an ass of myself. So I think people of midlife or uh, that lack confidence with their self-esteem have, have seen me start off. If you go right back to the beginning of my first uh, reels, I did use filters. I look petrified. I look like a rabbit caught in headlights. And as I did them, my confidence came and I learned how to do different transitions and I learned how to stand in front of the camera. And I learned all that just by doing them. And my reels have got stronger and stronger and stronger as they've gone along over the last what, nine months of me doing them. Um, and I seem to have a head full of, uh, excuse the language, shit. So I quickly am able to, I listen to music a lot as well. So as I'm listening to music, I can go, right, I've got one just like today well just before having this uh, chat with you I heard a song instantly knew what I needed it to be so I quickly filmed it and I put all my captions on pointing to them so uh, (laughs) that's for tomorrow and it's something that fits in with what's going on at the moment on Instagram with people's accounts so there's a little bit of a sly little bit of what do you call it titbit before tomorrow um 
but yeah, I think people like them just because I'm honest, or I feel that I'm honest. I don't, I don't lie about who I am, and you see me in all my glory with brace. I show when I can't bloody do the reels correctly because I can't jump anymore, whether it's because of the brace or the waist. I just literally can't lift my feet off the floor. Uh, and I show people how to do the techniques when I can. I don't keep anything for myself. It's if people ask me how to do something, I'll show, you know, I'll tell them how, how I did it and how I figured it out. So I think that, I mean, I can't talk for everybody else. I do tend to get a lot of good feedback from it all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I say to you all the time, you're one of the few people that I can watch your reels and just have, you know, nothing but joy from others. I'm like, Ugh. I think you and I as well have got the same sarcastic humour. Yes, we, are. we laugh. We laugh at the same things. So the ones that I know that you've laughed at are ones where um, our our dry sarcasm has come out, which is good. It's laughing at life and, and also you're not hiding it anymore. I mean, one that went down really well was I took the mick out the fact that all the clothes were next to the washing basket <laughs> and not in the washing basket. And I'm not afraid to show my dirty bathroom with the washing on the basket because I've taken the mick out of my kids. I've just put it in. But that's relatable to obviously the business women that I'm targeting. Well, not targeting, it sounds like. <laughs> pew, pew, targeting. Um or stalking as you well know yes. I uh, it seems to resonate with them because obviously they have kids the same and we're not all alone whereas I think with other reels and I'm not picking on the ladies the ones that have got the nice uh, light background are, are wearing hats for some strange reason um, and have got very uh, pale colour branding and things like that they are quite young and they might have children but they don't show people that it is sometimes a shitstorm of having children. <laughs> Whereas I incorporate yeah. that, you know, I work hard, I am professional. When I do work, you will get it. But at the same time, I have a sense of humor and I'm a human being. So I will teach you what I know in my pointy reels. But if I see a song or if I see a trend that's taken the mic and I think, oh my God, I so get that, I'm going to do that one as well. Yeah, I like it when you do kind of a reply to other people's reels. I think they're hilarious. Oh, the remixes, yeah. I love remixes. It's even more empowering. Um, but people haven't done a lot of reels, or I've not seen a lot of reels that uh, I've been able to remix recently, especially craft businesses that are, you know, obviously where I go, because reels for them work really well showing their products. So time-lapse of how they make stuff. Well, I can't remix that. I don't know how to time-lapse my gob chatting away. And I did try no, and do time-lapse. I've seen eating. loads of ones, but usually they're kind of not taking the mick, but kind of especially cake making or, you know, kind of jewellery making and stuff like that where the people are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, oh, my God, look what they've come out with. Or cakes going, oh, yeah, OK, this looks good, this looks good. And then, oh, that looks disgusting. Like, I've seen those sort of ones, so they're quite funny. I like the ones where they're, they've pre-planned it to be a two-parter. So there was a, there's a couple that were doing, like, a cooking one, and she throws the spoon. So for her, it goes off camera, but then it, he catches it in his side. So that's well, but that would take a, a heck of a lot of planning. But yeah, I see those kind of things. Like I say, I did try to time lapse me working so that I could match one of these time lapses of how you work and what you create. But if you ever sit at a computer, you could time lapse for hours and it just looks like you've never moved. 
absolutely I would look like I hadn't moved at all you look like you're frozen Erin. Oh. <laughs> oh, you look like you're frozen. No, no, I'm laughing because my door just slightly opened up and it's because, oh, let me just get my camera. So my dog doesn't like to leave me. Oh. So he has a little bed in my office and he's been out there and then the door in my back of my camera just slowly opened like a ghost and it was him trotting in and getting on his bed because he wants to At exactly the same time your your um camera froze because oh, you said oh it looked like I'd done nothing and then it froze and I was like like this <laughs> Watch well, good acting. I know, perfect. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast and we end all the podcasts with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I make that very clear. And I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. He's skinny, he's white, his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him. So Erin, what are the worst things about you? The worst things about me is I don't share food to anybody to the point that I won't eat chocolate until nine o'clock because I trained myself that that was when my kids were in bed and therefore I wouldn't have to share my chocolate so it's I've trained myself that I don't ever fancy chocolate till nine nine p.m so that's one um I can be a bit of a diva I didn't think I was but obviously the camera you know and I'm I'm the only girl in a house full of men and they know it and I make sure that they know that I am the diva and they will do what I want so I quite often do get my own way a lot um and I'm controlling but in a good way I would hope in the fact that I'm very organized so I have systems even in my home not even just work we have routines and we I like things where they should be so um, I can't relax on an evening unless my front room is tidy. So when they were little, they knew all of their toys had to be out of the front room when they went to bed. So they had, they could, their bedrooms could be, and they still are. Yeah. But my area had to remain tidy. Um, so yeah, I'm controlling in that way. Is that what you Yeah, before, before my back, I was like that about my office. It had to be tidy and anyone who kind of left anything lying around it was like get that out of there now now literally it's like debris everywhere of cups and water bottles and little plates on the side and stuff like that because people just bring stuff to me all the time and I'm like thanks and leave it there and I think at some point I'm gonna have to carry all them into the kitchen but at some point yeah get them to do I'm just gonna shut the door I um I mean, like I've said before, I've got these two. I'm doing this because I've got two of them, one for upstairs and one downstairs. I've got these grabbers, but I do think that they like to wind me up. So the going sentence is that doesn't go there because my son will go to put his shoes down in the hallway, lined up underneath the radiator because that's where they used to be when they were younger. And I'll be stood there with my little stick going, they don't go there. So he has to pick them up and put them in the shoe room. <laughs> but he now, he, you know, yeah. I, I just walk around going that doesn't go there that doesn't go there and if they see that the sticks come out and it means that I am I'm 
picking things up and putting things away that they're going to start getting shouted at that the sticks come out and they're lucky if they don't get whacked about the head with my stick yeah mine is do you want me to get a black bin liner that's all i say do you want me to get a black bin liner and they're like no <laughs> the threats of taking it all away i do i just put everything into it like an absolute psychopath and then i'm like i used to do that i mean they're older now i'm not allowed in their rooms at all now because they're grown men and i really don't want to go into their rooms as grown men but i do threaten that you know you have to go to work so while you're out at work i will be in there no you won't no you won't no you won't dad tell her she's not allowed in and of course now with my back it's like well haha we have the power because you can't do it anymore so yeah, yeah. they're buggers kids are just gross though like their room is vile and the, the the speed that they can turn it over as well it's like some sort of party happened in the five minutes since they got home from school <laughs> do you have grades of tidying see I, my kids were taught there's a tidy which is the light tidy which is their tidy there's the mid tidy which is probably like the dad's tidy and then there's the hospital standard tidy. oh there's the hotel tidy and there's the hospital standard tidy, which is my tidy. So if they go, like, if we were quick or it wasn't that bad, they'll go, right, I've tidied my room. Right, what kind of tidy? Is it your tidy, dad's tidy, hotel tidy or hospital? <laughs> Mine. Right, well, that'll do for today, but you're going to go back in there tomorrow. I want hotel standard. If family are coming, get in your rooms. We need hospital standard. <laughs> that means lift beds up. We want to find all these socks. Oh, the amount of times I've gone in and done that sort of thing in their room. And I think in the next couple of months, I'm going to have to do it again because they're disgusting. But... Well, they completely anyway, have no socks and they nick it from my husband. And then I, I buy more. And then I find like enough for enough refugees in the country to, to stock them with socks. Yeah, I, I've now resorted to just buying packs and packs and packs of black ankle socks um, so that they fit all three of us. And then I just buy loads of them so I, they can pair up together and I don't have to have that argument ever because it's just like one less thing that I need to have an argument about. That is a good plan. Yeah. I've always bought separate, but maybe that's what I should be doing. No, all the same. Just have as many as you like. I'm not having that argument. No. Good plan. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Erin. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. And we have an amazing Midlife Women in Business Expo starting on the 21st of October. So if you haven't already, go out and buy some tickets. You can get I bought them one. Have you got them? Yeah. I bought mine. Awesome. Well done. If you haven't already, you can get tickets at midlifewomeninbusiness.co.uk. Say goodbye, Erin. Bye, Erin. <laughs>